0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution's in full swing. We're trying to dig into that, what it means, where it's headed, where it goes, what it means for each of us, and the impact it have it's having not only our professional lives, but certainly our personal lives and everywhere in between. So we're delighted today to have one of our regular monthly guests, Christian Anschutz, who's been a CIO and a chief digital officer. He's an entrepreneur, a builder of many sorts of different things. and was also a uh, captain in the United States Marine Corps, where he served a couple of duties, uh, tours of duty there. Christian, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome back.
1: Always good to be here, uh, Bob, and good to see you again.
0: Pleasure, my friend, pleasure. Christian, lots going on in the world today, and I know um, you're... You you defer and say you are not an expert in leadership, but you're a student of leadership. Um, I hope you won't mind if I uh, beg to differ on that a little. I think you've got a, a really, really good handle on that. But we can be both an expert and a student in an ongoing basis of it. But there's some things going on in the world today that uh, really give a different look at what leadership's about. And I know you you had a couple of things on your mind there. you wanted to share on that.
1: Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I don't know that uh, it's any more on my mind than it is on, uh, you know, everyone's mind, your your listeners' minds. But what's going on in in, in Europe and Eastern Europe is quite it, it's quite an event. This is this is no small deal uh, by any means. And uh, what's kind of interesting about at least in the context of what we often talk about, which is uh, leadership, it is sort of the this this rise. Uh, Zelensky as being like the, you know, this, this amazing leadership figure for uh, Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. And in fact, maybe even some would argue perhaps, uh, you know, for the world, Mm -hmm. Um, but he's gone from not necessarily obscurity, but, uh, you know, he's really been uh, catapulted onto the world stage in a very, very favorable light. And it's, it's quite a fascinating thing to see. Um, and uh, quite fascinating to see what people um, see in him, and why they, uh, uh, you know, people are kind of rallying to his battle crisis.
0: Yeah, yeah. Christian, what do you think about, you know, him as an example of people who, uh, you know, rise to certain occasions? I, I'll, I'll mention somebody else who's, you know, in some ways you could say was a, a wartime hero, uh, but, uh, outside of the, you know, the, the environment of war around there, he was not successful. Winston Churchill, um, you know, for whatever reason, the voting. But when, you know, sort of the darkest hour, as he called it, when that arose, he stepped forward like this. And we, it seems like Zelensky, uh, not everything in his past is, is admirable. But at this time, he seems to be coming forward and really sort of meeting the moment here.
1: Hmm. That's a really interesting uh, uh, comparison, actually. Uh, You know, Winston Churchill, uh, you know, I'm no expert on Winston Churchill, obviously a student of history uh, to some extent. Everyone knows him uh, in in some capacity. What's interesting about him is he really did rise to prominence under uh, Europe's, you know, hour of need, Yes. And uh, and then sort of quickly after that, he, he didn't last that long as a public figure. And uh, I think it's pretty well established, again, not being an expert. I, I, I make no judgments here. I think, though, uh, if I've read correctly, he had some interesting views that really haven't aged well. Um, and so, I, I mean, what's that make him? Probably fairly typical in, in a lot of ways, right? Uh, there was a moment... Uh, rose to the occasion. Uh, an Imperfect person. Everyone's imperfect. His imperfections were captured, sort of gloriously, though I think, given his uh, stature. And uh, and maybe it's kind of similar for Zelensky. I, I, I don't. I don't know all of Zelensky's background. I do know that there are claims that he has been less of a great person than he appears to be now. Uh, again, I, I offer no judgment. I would not know. Um, but what I do know is that, uh, like Winston Churchill, in Ukraine's hour of need, he has become a, an incredible figurehead uh, and, uh, and a powerful uh, motivator for the defense of that country.
0: And uh, Christian, you know, it's uh, I I. I think he's earned that right through th- many of the things he's said. I think he certainly uh, seems to be media savvy and he understands now the the power of that. Here we are, this little country weren't bothering anybody and now, you know, the Russian bear is breathing down our neck and you can also sort of counterpose Putin as the opposite, right? You know, sort of the, the ultimate anti-hero. Uh, but in in Zelensky's uh, I think opportunity here that's come up. He's he had enough, you know, he had chances to bail out. Right. You know, he said, Hey, you know, we'll come, we'll get you out of there. We'll take you to safety. And he said, I don't need a ride," he said. "I need more guns." Uh, it, he does seem to have that ability to reach into the spirit of, you know, the moment, what's needed there, and just to be thought of, like, "Hey, I might have a certain title, but I'm just like everybody else in this country. I'm under attack, and you know, we have a choice: we can be steamed over, or steamrolled over, or or we can fight back. And it's it's it is as as you've said, it's quite inspirational these days.
1: Yeah, you know, he uh, and he's 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 almost like the right person for Ukraine at the right time because of his background. I mean, if we talk about leadership and we could we could distill it a lot of different ways. I mean, and, and, and leadership is highly contextual, by the way. Right. But in general, I mean, a leader has to have this sort of uh, vision, mission, strategy. Right. They have this. This is what we're about. This is where we're going, etc okay and then they have to focus the resources amplify the people again leaders are force multipliers for the people that they lead and then you know to really uh to to be that force multiplier then they have to communicate compel uh, hopefully inspire and and it really seems like zelensky right now is hitting all three of those and i think his background in in, uh, media or entertainment he was a, a an actor i believe right um I think this is gives him a great presence, and that that presence, which uh, is we we often uh, uh, forget how important that is. Presence uh, in the Marine Corps, by the way, we call it bearing, and we grade our officers and our uh, uh, NCOs on bearing all the time. Right? You know, do, do you have the bearing? Do you con- convey the competence? Do you convey the confidence? In order to inspire other people to follow you, and I think those three—he's hitting all three—and then that wrapper of that background and entertainment is really allowing him to, you know, sort of step up, if you will, to the world stage. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's 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 kind of funny. I, I uh, as you know, uh, and maybe your, your listeners may recall, if they're return listeners, I, I teach at the uh, the business school at the University of North Carolina and uh, a big portion of uh, the curriculum I'm a part of has, it's got a leadership component, it's strategy, it's marketing, strategic marketing, and, and and there's a huge leadership component to it. Uh, and I teach essentially what uh, you know, I call the CEO course. Uh, the, the details of that aside, there was a bit of the course material covered uh, uh, it was talking about the leaders, uh, you know, th- what leaders do and leader shadow, et cetera. And there was some material and it showed someone getting up at, a, um, at an outdoor um, forum where they were playing music and the person just gets up. There's people all around, you know, sitting down on the ground. They get up and they start dancing, right? And they, they're dancing and they it, 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 it look like they're just having fun. You know, some people go, "Oh, it's silly." Whatever they were having fun, and uh, and 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 that's what they were doing. But they broke this, the sort of the ice, so to speak. You know that old saying: they broke the ice, or they maybe they broke the mold. And then another person joined, and then another person joined, and then all of a sudden, there's hundreds of people have joined this person. And the topic, uh, the course material was talking about how it just took one person to kind of um, lead the way to others. <laughs> And, it, and it, the course material is correct, but there's a big difference between being the first one to get up and dance in a theater and another thing to pick up a rifle and get other people to follow you in harm's way. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that makes Zelensky so appealing, I, I don't know another word, maybe you can help me with another word. So interesting perhaps, is that this is a person to your point, they could have fled, We might have even expected him to flee. I I don't know. Maybe some people did. He could have fled, but he didn't. And he could have stayed in the rear with the gear, so to speak. But at least, again, according to media, and, and by the way, big disclaimer here, folks, whenever there's a conflict going on, you actually don't know what's going on, even if you're on the ground there, okay? Trust your your own military members and veterans. It it doesn't work that way. So we don't know all the stories that are happening there. We don't know what we're seeing is is completely true. Everything is gonna be clouded based on perspectives and agendas. However, that said, what we see of him is someone that is um, uh, not unafraid. I would say he would probably even argue that he's probably terrified for his country. He might be terrified for his family. He might be terrified for himself. Um, and yet he, he is exhibiting the courage um to go and, and lead not from the back, but to lead from the front. Mm-hmm. And this modeling of this behavior, this tenacious, I don't I won't leave instead, send guns, don't send you know anything, send ammunition, you know, etc. 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 Um, That just gets people fired up in many ways. Mm-hmm. I wish we had more of our. Um, our leaders in the United States exhibit uh, sort of a stalwart, strong conviction where they would go to the front lines of whatever battles they're fighting, and I don't mean kinetic, but uh, and and exhibit more of that kind of from the front leadership that uh, Zelensky is offering.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, Kristen, I agree. And I, I, I wanted to just ask you to go back a couple of minutes. You mentioned uh, the notion you said that, you know, all leadership is contextual. So, um Talk a little bit more about that and, and you know, how that radiates out into the world of, you know, not life, business, other things.
1: Well, I mean, there's, you'd uh, say, um, uh, you got me in this, so uh, let, me, let me take a stab at this. Okay, so I think we would all agree that L- Z- Zelensky's um what zelensky is doing from a leadership perspective would be very different than say someone who is uh in my my simple example and not silly example but simple example of the person getting up and being the first one to uh dance at the at the uh, musical festival are they both leaders you could argue that they both led one is very very different one requires a lot more conviction one requires a lot more of a willingness to uh, sacrifice one's own interests over the other right and the more you have to sacrifice of yourself right which is if he if he is actually going to the front lines um, if he is actually putting himself in harm's way, there's a, there's a whole lot of different leadership skills and, and, and traits and qualities that he has to have than the person standing up and doing the dancing. Yeah. Right now, let's just, let's, let's, let's change this a little bit because the dancing one is related to course material. Let's talk about the, um, well, let's just talk about the United States, for example. Mm-hmm how often do we see our leaders, whether they're corporate leaders or they're political leaders, they say, do this, but then they do that. How often do we see that? Now, there's still leaders Um, maybe they're not necessarily effective leaders. They will probably believe they are because, hey, I've been bestowed with the title. But Zelensky doesn't seem like, on the other hand, Zelensky doesn't seem like he's leading from a position of title. He's leading from a position of conviction. I am leading, uh, and I am personally involving myself in the defense of our nation. I am personally putting myself to some extent, I mean, I'm sure he's not fighting on the front lines, far as we know I, at least i don't know but i would guess he's not uh and yet he's still putting himself uh still in harm's way i mean is he in, is he still in kiev is he still there i mean if he is i mean they're all in harm's way yeah. and he could have retreated you know again to the rear i know he goes in and out and whatnot he did a recent uh presentation but the um you know leadership is um the intensity some things are easy to lead and some things are far more demanding. And I guess that's what I meant by contextual. It's easy to you know, sit in an office and tell people what to do and be called a leader. Yeah. It doesn't make you a leader. It's often what we call a leader, though. It's another thing altogether, uh, Bob, and to everyone, to be a real leader. And a real leader, again, and we've talked about this in the past, is it, it is an exhausting occupation because you are constantly having to put the organization... That you support, in Zelensky's in case, the nation and the people. Before you put yourself, you're always like last in line, yeah. right? And that becomes very, very difficult. So again, in the context, not only is he last in line, but when he is putting him, his people before himself, uh, you can imagine the weight on his shoulders that he is bearing every single day as he uh, fights for the defense of his country. I think it's. Uh, it's, it's a really great example for us to see. I hope that it doesn't turn out to be a mirage. Uh, I hope it doesn't turn out to just be media. Uh, at this point, I know you know what we all kind of see on the news. And uh, it is very candidly, at least to me, quite an inspirational example of someone that is putting it all on the line for his something he believes in. Something more than his own wealth or his own position, uh, his own sort of Well, more than him. And it's uh, inspirational. And that's what I think other people see as well.
0: Yeah. uh, Leadership by action rather than leadership by title. Um, Christian, I wanted to pause for a second here and offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. We all know what the A-game is, right? Among athletes, it's the highest level of performance. And you can get to that level in business as well. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. It's when technology and people work in harmony. And that's how business reaches its A-game. You can find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. So, Christian, the you know, we, we hear today... Uh, about how everything has changed, right? You know, everything in the world has changed. Everything's different. Business is different. You know, our personal lives are different. Work from home, work from anywhere, you know, up and down the line. Um, do, you, do you feel that the tenets of leadership Need to evolve with that? Is there a different sort of model for leadership in this crazy new world that we're creating and living through all the time, or uh, are there certain things that endure uh, in spite of sort of the you know different trappings that we we wrap things up in?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think uh, great leadership, uh, you know, a thousand years ago looks shockingly the same as great leadership today. I think particularly in our society, we've kind of we've lost sight of what it means. Again, you know, I'm not going to rehash what I just said, but a leadership is is um, I won't say a burden, but it's a weight. It, it, you know, real leadership is a weight. It isn't, uh, you know, they they used to say, what was that old saying? It's, uh, it's lonely at the top. That was an indication of the weight because, you know, you were constantly the person that was, you know, hopefully preoccupied with making what was the best happen for your, the the organization you were leading and the people that were part of that organization. Um, I mean, do we see that now? I mean, do CEOs really seem like they're really that interested in at least the people? Um, I I mean, we talk about it, but I, I, there's a difference between talk and action and we all know that. Uh, I don't, do you ever get the impression that like most of these CEOs actually really give a damn? Uh, about their, their people or doing anything. I mean, CEOs are, you know, they suffer short-term itis, you know, they're always trying to make it from one quarter to the next. And and I can imagine all the the, the hate that I could get for saying this, right? Because, you know, well, they got the, that's the organization. They got to create shareholder value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Except for they play the short game mm-hmm. and the short game, when you have a short game mindset, that usually means you're shorting your people If you go and you look at, we were talking about briefly about a company, uh, we can't name here, but that is saying, hey, we are going to be the absolute best in class in terms of how we are developing the leaders and the people in our organization. And we are committed to that. That is unusual. Most organizations, you got to wonder, like, how much they actually spend developing their people? What percentage of the revenue? And isn't that more important than returning uh, you know, X number, hundreds of basis points uh, to shareholders? Mm-hmm. Isn't one going to ensure the longevity uh, of the company? Isn't it one more likely to uh, ensure that the company um, survives for its next generation of leaders and its next generation of customers? Um, it, it, to me, it's very clear to most. I, I candidly, I get a lot of pushback on this because people will go, "Oh, you know, Christian, it's all about making money." And to that, I say, I, I, I know it's being recorded. I say, "Bullshit." It's bullshit. That is bullshit. Yes, companies need to make money and a profit in order to continue, but the level of that profitability does not need to supersede the leaders. Uh, the, the, the demand the leader should have on them to ensure for the longevity of the organization and the care and feeding of the people that work there. Yeah, It, it needs to, we, I, I think our priorities are strange. And so when we see a Zelensky, who, again, has all the trappings and could, you know, pull that ejection and, and get the heck out of there, but doesn't. I mean, how many of the CEOs in the, in, in the United States do you think would actually, would actually, you know, walk across the street to help, uh, you know, a group of their employees, I don't know, dig a car out of a snowbank, mm-hmm. you know, let alone go to battle with them? I, I, you know, I was thinking about, a, as, as you know, I've been working on a book for a while, who isn't, right? But I, I was thinking about adding a, a, a section on what no retreat leadership looks like. Yeah, And and talking about that and then having us just explore from our own perspectives, how many uh, of the senior leaders do we see in corporations actually have Zelensky-like qualities, at least as we're seeing? And I I would say it's probably, it's pretty few and far between.
0: Well, you know, Chris, I think you've certainly... Pointed out some key challenges here for leaders today, right? The short term, long term. How do you balance that? I'll tell you, there's one uh, CEO. You ha- it happens to be in the tech industry. There's really, uh, you know, soared up through my list of you know uh, executives whom I admire so much, and that's Frank Slootman at Snowflake. And he, uh, he had a chance to talk with him recently about a new book he's written. It's called Amp It Up. It's just how your company can be more intense, more focused, more energetic, more responsive, you know, more successful. Um, but it's very, very straightforward stuff. And he is really the enemy of conventional wisdom. And here's a couple examples, Christian, where I think his leadership sort of cuts through. And ultimately, you see the override between um it's got to be some attention paid to short term but it's ultimately the longer term but you know how uh, I would say just about every tech company in the world right now has a customer success department well snowflake which grew its revenue last quarter 106 percent they don't have one and uh, Sludman says customer success departments are one of the stupidest ideas ever to come along he said because what you do is you you take the responsibility from what had been the entire organization, and you put it in one narrow piece of the organization. And in that way, you deprive all the other people around the organization from feeling a part of that. So I thought that was a pretty wild idea. He also said that he said in any company, because before this, he was the CEO of data domain and then service. Now, now he's over at snowflake. He said, uh, he said, one of the first things I do when I started a company, he says, is I eliminate all MBOs. He said, because, uh, he said 99.5% of them are things that take people off on a sidetrack as opposed to being you know, on the primary mission here. And he said, you run into these things where people say, well, I can't do that. And you ask them why not? And they say, because my MBO wants me to do this, even though the company uh, needs to do that. And he said, it's just these things that are uh ingrained in the way we do things. And he said, you'll find these in hundreds and hundreds of strategy books. But the people who wrote those strategy books, he said, they never sat in the combat seat, right? They don't know what it's like to be that person out there, leading teams, being responsible for them, their jobs, their livelihoods, you know, perhaps their careers, their futures. And he said, it's a very, very different market. And he opened the book, Christian, with An excerpt from the you know the Teddy Roosevelt's uh writing about the man in the arena who's in there, you know, and this person's trying to do it himself. And you know, you got all the critics and all the second guessers and all the naysayers, you know, blah, 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 winding away. But that is the person in the arena who is actually doing it. And Slutman talks about the need for leaders to be that man in the arena and just to be uh utterly. Unmoved by, uh, unimpressed by, and uh, you know, just to ignore all the yapping from the sideline and the ankle biting from the poodle. So anyway, I just thought that that really stood out. Final thing, Chris. And I'll play it. They wrote about this earlier this week. So they had their earnings call last week. And one of the things that they said in there was that they have made some enhancements to their platform so that now their customers can run the same number of queries that they were before, but they, in doing so, they consume a smaller amount of Snowflake services. So the CFO said very plainly, he said, this probably costs about 5% of revenue for this quarter. But he said, we think in the long term, this will uh, this will inspire more customers to do more business with us overall. It seemed to make perfect sense. Six or seven different analysts said, uh, wait, I don't understand this. Said, you're improving your service to lower the price to customers. Yes. And they said, well, couldn't you improve the service and raise the uh the prices at the same time. So the CFO tried to answer this question every way he could, but about the seventh time an analyst asked this, Sleepman so comes on, he said, look, he said, this is Frank. He said, This is not philanthropy. He said, We've done this over time again and again. You give customers a better deal they're going to be more inclined to do more business with you. And yes, we're going to take this hit in the short term, but I'm playing the long game. And over time, we're going to have more companies pushing more workloads to us. And this is a small investment for us to make at this point. Very different, very refreshing. uh, And I think really stands out. And it's probably one of the reasons, Christian, why Snowflake's growing in triple digits and nobody else is. But the analysts seem to think, why can't you just behave like everybody else without looking at it the other way and saying, what are they doing differently that allows them to have triple digit sales growth? So to me, it's the one of the things I got out of that is, you know, you just beat people on the head with this same thing. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Don't deviate. Don't innovate. You know, stick with the program here. And most people are getting beat down by that, but not Real leaders, I think they will stand up and resist it, and fight it, and say no. There's there's a different and better way to go forward. So, sorry for the long spiel there.
1: Oh no, I I love it. It made me uh, have an opportunity not to talk as much, and that's always that's (laughs) that's a good thing. So, hey, look, I agree with you. And while it may sound like I'm beating up on all CEOs, I'm not. I am uh, uh, disillusioned, if you will, with the quality of leadership. I mean, we have more books on the topic of leadership than has ever existed in the history of the world, and and that, you know, so ask yourself this, and, and anybody listening, do we have better leaders now?
0: Yeah, I,
1: I, I don't, I don't think we do. I, I actually think that they're, uh, at least in this culture, self-interest and self-absorption is the name of the game. short term itis is how we lead most of our companies. They're not all bad. I mean, th- th- this guy. Uh, from Snowflake sounds fantastic. I mean, this sounds like somebody I need to you know talk to and and potentially interview. Uh, and uh, you know, there's other great ones. I understand by the way, the CEO and the CMO of BMC are just top notch too. By the way, just just saying. But if I were to like look at CEOs that I uh, like really admire, uh, you know, and there's books written about this guy, so I'm not talking about anything that people don't already know. But Satya Nadella is just an example of a. I mean, he's got. You know, having met the gentleman a, a number of times, he is a, uh, he's got all the right qualities, the balance of long term uh, vision, this enabling of his uh, uh, people. He, he models the right uh, uh, behaviors in terms of humility and thoughtfulness. He's very circumspect about running a business while simultaneously innovating. Just a fantastic leader. So there's plenty of them out there. I just think that there's maybe just as many that are just, not that good. And, yeah. uh, and candidly, I think, uh, you know, as employees and as uh, members of this society, because we could be talking about politicians too, on every side of the aisle, you know, for sure. Um, you know, we just, we deserve better leaders. We deserve them. I mean, this is, we, you know, the great resignation, uh, you know, is going to be, uh, you know, it, it, it's got more to do with like leadership probably than anything else. I mean, people are, you know, people quit bosses. That's the old saying. And it's actually fairly true because even if they don't like a certain environment, who's responsible for that, Yeah. right? And, um, you know, I just hope that, uh, I just hope that the long-term leaders are, stand strong because I think, uh, and I'm s- slightly pivoting here, but I, I, I got the feeling that the, we're going to move from the big quit the big resignation um, to the great restructuring which is going to move from the employees having the power to the companies having the power and if we have a bunch of short-term itis leaders out there they're going to just cut through their employee basis just to make sure that they can continue to show numbers that indicate growth you know i'm a hardcore believer in capitalism and i'm i believe in responsible leadership which means when you marry the two things there's we have to have more responsible capitalism. There's gotta be more winners out of capitalism than maybe we're getting today. And the reason why this, uh, we're, we, we have some of the problems we have is because our leadership sucks. Yeah. It's there's no other reason for it. And, uh, I don't want to see capitalism get replaced with another system. I just want to see it led more responsibly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It deserves better. It deserves better. Um, Chris, uh, I, I I think you, you bring up a great point too about you know the great resignation or what your uh, your friend Sachin Nadella calls the great reshuffling, uh, right? Because you know I I think uh, people are choosing to do what's in their best self interest, and uh, there there are more opportunities now. And I think enlightened leaders are saying, hey, this this uh, this battle's over, right? And you know people are going to be able to willing to work where they want to work, live how they want to live. And, you know, let's accommodate that. Let's let's deal with it instead of saying, yeah, I got to close ranks and how do I know they're not goofing off if I can't see them, which has always made me <laughs> shake my head. <laughs> what the hell? Well, um, Christian, we've had a great chance here to cover a lot of ground. Interesting thoughts going on. Now that you've talked publicly about this book you're writing, you know, we're going to have to... Uh, keep after about that a little I think people are going to want to see it
1: well we'll, we'll see I, I uh, the good news is and this is really good news I actually have help writing this book uh, because uh, I am actually an okay writer Uh, but I'm so far from, I would even say I'm not, not only am I not great, I'm, uh, I'm probably not even good. So uh, I know my limitations and I got some uh, expert uh, help on this. Uh, By the way, the name of it is True Titans and it's, it's it's the tactics necessary to future-proof your organization. And it's got a huge leadership component to it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, every company should be thinking about that so i'm happy to talk about it whenever uh, and i also recognize that it's a passion project that would probably just bore anybody that would pick it up so <laughs> uh, i'm also realistic about it and um, but you never know you never know it might uh, it might actually go somewhere
0: we'll see time will tell coming from you i bet it will i bet it will you're very kind thank you <laughs> Well, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Christian, about a variety of things. And you've certainly brought up some compelling points today. So thanks again for, as always, a great conversation.
1: My pleasure. And it's always good to see you and be on Cloudworks. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Christian. Folks, thanks to you for being with us here at Cloud Wars. Hope things are going well for you. And uh, uh, we will strive uh, along the way to uh, uncover more good stories about great leaders and share them along the way. Thanks for being here.